Welcome to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast, a weekly conversation about mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information or to find a therapist in your area, visit our website at therapyforblackgirls.com. While I hope you love listening to and learning from the podcast, it is not meant to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for joining me for session 226 of the Therapy for Black Girls podcast. We'll get right into the episode after a word from our sponsors. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first, and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. I've seen quite a few videos on social media recently of young women soliciting help in finding the perfect dress for graduation. Might I suggest you add Macy's to your list? They have lots of options for dresses that will transition perfectly from under your gown to that incredible dinner with family after the ceremony. Check out options from brands like On 34th, Michael Kors, DKNY, and many more. Shop at Macy's.com or in-store. You may have heard that most people who are Black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Buying your first car can make you feel like a superstar as it's a big purchase, but it can take time to get there. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. 
Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Lots of things have changed during the pandemic, and our sex and dating lives are no different. To chat with us about some of the changes she's seen is sexologist Shamira Howard. Shamira is a licensed clinical social worker with a private practice serving Baton Rouge, Louisiana and surrounding areas. She specializes in sexuality and relationships and works with a variety of clients, including those battling depression, anxiety, pregnancy, parenting, peer relationships, and those in the LGBTQ community. She's also the best-selling author and creatress of the Use Your Mouth Sex and Relationship Conversation Starter Cards and the book Use Your Mouth, Pocket-Sized Conversations to Simply Increase Seven Types of Intimacy in and Out of the Bedroom. Shamira and I chatted about how our sex lives have changed during the pandemic, ways to sustain or improve intimacy as our schedules change, tips for transitioning from online dating to in real life, and tips for increasing sexual confidence. Shamara will also be joining us along with Dr. Lex Brown-James this Friday night at 7 p.m. Eastern for our Sex Positive September celebration to chat all about getting the pleasure you desire. So if you'd like to join us for a little girls night in, grab your ticket at sexpositiveseptember.com. Here's our conversation. So Shamara, I would love for you to just start by telling us how you have seen like our sex lives and dating lives be impacted throughout the pandemic. I'm sure that's a huge question, but what are some of the high level things that you've seen change during this time? So that is a huge question, but there is also a not so huge response to that. And it might be huge because for us professionals who are in the office seeing clients, we were like calling each other, emailing, and we went into this thinking that, and a lot of articles were even saying people's relationships and sex lives were going to tank with this pandemic. And this was early lockdown. We were seeing articles that divorce inquiries had risen up to 50% in the second month of the lockdown. So we were like, okay, we're bracing ourselves for our clients. But I'll tell you two things. One, people didn't know what to do. So we're talking about early COVID during the first lockdowns. It's interesting that we refer to it as early COVID, right? People had what we call COVID anxiety. So they didn't know basically how to feel about this. A lot of people were scared. A lot of people were experiencing death anxiety. And so as a result, we did see a fluctuation with their sexual relationships. Not that much. Some people wanted more sex. Some people wanted less sex. And some people's sex didn't change. So that was very interesting for us. And then about a year later, the Kinsey Institute and Dr. Justin LeMiller did this pandemic research study about people's sexual behaviors during the pandemic. And it was amazing because it found that people didn't decrease or increase their sexual behavior and activity with their partners. But what happened was they started experiencing more sexual diversity. Hmm. Yes. And basically they started incorporating toys into their sex, they started, people started watching porn for more eroticism, not for education, because we don't do that for education. (laughs) (laughs) But people's sexual diversity increased. So they started becoming way more sexually explorative. And we didn't expect that at 
all. But we were so happy about it because all of the stuff mm-hmm. that we teach in sessions, people started doing that stuff. Like they started mm-hmm. talking about sex more. People became way more sexually diverse. They didn't just focus on the same genital to genital contact. It's probably because we were so locked down. It was like, okay, we got to add a little spice to this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, that is interesting. I'm glad you shared like your thoughts about like why that might've happened. And you're right. I remember like very early on, you know, we were getting reports from like how the divorce rates had increased in China. Yes. And so people were speculating like, okay, we're going to see the same thing here in the U S as the pandemic progresses. But it sounds like it actually was not the case that we have not seen. And especially it has not impacted people's sex lives. It hasn't impacted people's sexual lives. There were still Mm -hmm. reports of people uh, wanting to separate and there were still relationship injuries. Pandemic or not, people are going to experience relationship injuries. It's the nature of relationships is what we know about relationships. What the pandemic did was it brought couples closer together than they had ever been before. A lot of people don't see each other until they come home from work. It's time for dinner. It's time for shower, bed. They might have sex. They might not. So what we saw was this extra time that couples were forced to be with each other. It brought out a lot. It brought out a lot. Mm -hmm. It brought out some insecurities, brought out some comfort, some discomforts. It brought out space to explore. I saw that in my office. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned this other study that you also found had interesting results. Can you say more about the other study? Oh, absolutely. It's another Kinsey Institute study. And this one uh-huh. is in partnership with the company, the sexual wellness company, Love Honey. And so this was the Summer of Love survey. And so this summer, they conducted this Summer of Love survey. And this one was a bit less shocking for me, but it was still interesting in that it found that over 50% of people overall, it shows that the pandemic did wonders for their relationship and their sex life. We went into this not thinking that people were going to fare very well. They started doing this research. Over 50% of people said that they are more invested in their relationship. They feel more committed to each other. They're more satisfied with their partner. They say that their partner meets their sexual needs now more than before. And that just blew me away. It was so interesting. And 51% of people feel more passionate. So out of all of these results, over 50% of people say that their relationships and their sexual relationships improved and are better than before. How interesting Mm -hmm. is that? That is really interesting, Shamara. And I wonder if you can help us make sense of like why that may have been the case, because there has also been like so much anxiety, so much stress, so much exhaustion, you know, related to both the pandemic, but also politics and racial injustice. Like there have been so many other things going on, but it Mm -hmm. sounds like, I mean, now we know sex is a coping tool, right? You know, so it could be people throw themselves into things that make <laughs> them feel good. But are there other things that you think have happened that allow people's sex lives to kind of flourish in spite of all these other stressors? Absolutely. And I'm glad you asked that question because that's what most people want to know. Like, well, what did they do? Because that's not the case for me over here. <laughs> you know? But what the, re- mm-hmm. what the study showed is that, again, the pandemic forced people to communicate more. And so that's basically what the results were is that it provided more opportunities for couples to, as I say, use your mouth. It provided more opportunities for couples to talk and have this sexual communication. And like you mentioned about politics, they were able to have these discussions. Again, what we didn't see 
pre-pandemic is couples just having conversations about sex and about their relationship on a regular basis. Usually couples start talking about their relationship and sex when things are going bad for them, when there's an issue. Right. During this time, couples started talking about their relationships and they started talking about sex just because it was Tuesday at 3.22 p.m. And what we know about sexual communication is the more you talk about sex, the better your sexual relationship improves and the better your overall relationship improves in and out of the bedroom because you're not just bringing grievances to your partner. You're actually talking about your desires, your wants, your likes. That research supports my use your mouth card sales because people started buying the cars more and they were like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I didn't know this about myself. I asked my partner this question and they asked me this question and we found out so much more and people are having way better and more satisfying relationships as a result of using their mouth. Mm-hmm. So you already mentioned, you know, some people might be listening and saying, well, that was not the case for my relationship, right? Like, I feel like we actually fell apart during the pandemic. What kinds of suggestions do you have for people who, you know, maybe feel like, okay, I've actually not had a good experience or my sex life has not looked great during the pandemic? What kinds of things would you say to them? A lot of people's experiences are that while we know that over 50 percent of people but not more than 59% of people say that their relationships improved, there's still a large percentage of people who might not feel like that. And so one thing that I've noticed that's happened for people who report, you know, my sexual relationship has tanked. Our overall relationship has tanked. I have no desire. I don't feel sexually aroused. I don't feel close to my partner. I have noticed that these are the couples and the relationships who've not taken out the time to redefine what their relationship looks like in our current climate. Mm. So there's a lot of information about pivoting and what that looks like before. A lot of people, they don't understand what that means for their own relationship because they haven't taken the time out to assess where their relationship was pre-pandemic. They only know what's happening right now. So for those of you who are experiencing burnout in your relationships and you don't feel very connected and very close, it's time to redefine what that means for you individually, but also what that means for your partner as well. So you're going to have to use your mouth, you and your partner, and talk about what type of relationship we want. One of the main things that couples need to do is to have goals for their relationship because we know that the goal of any relationship is growth right? It doesn't matter what type of relationship you have. It's collective, individual and collective growth for the relationship. And if something isn't growing, it's probably not dying. So you have to figure out how can we grow this relationship? What is our shared goals and what are our individual goals? And you have to get really laser focused on making a commitment to redefining and growing your relationship. And sometimes, most times, you can't do that by yourself people are way too close to their situations to be able to redefine them on their own. So you Mm -hmm. have to go sit on somebody's couch, come on over to the green couch, but you Mm -hmm. have to go sit on somebody's couch to help you figure out your relationship's goal and to redefine it. Mm -hmm. 
You know, something else that I was thinking as you were talking Mm -hmm. for people who have enjoyed like this newfound intimacy or, you know, newfound closeness that you talked about. I would imagine that some people are feeling a little anxious as people are maybe starting to go back to their offices and like, you know, the pandemic, even though it's not over, like schedules are changing now. Right. So how can people kind of maintain that closeness that maybe they developed during the pandemic, even while we are required to, you know, attend to more things? That is a great point. And also kids are going back to school, right? Mm -hmm. So kids are going back to school. A lot of people are transitioning back to working outside of the house and things are going to change. And so you're like, oh man, we worked so hard and we did so well during this pandemic and we got so close and we feel so connected. Now we're about to go back to what it looked like pre-pandemic, but technically you aren't going to go back to that because it's still going to be different. Mm -hmm. But what you're going to have to do, like I said, for people who weren't having great experiences in order to maintain that connection, you're going to have to center your expectations or recenter your expectations. So, you know, what what do we know about the situation? We know that things are about to change. And when things change, we have to change with them. So it's how am I going to change how I show up in the relationship to continue to meet the need of the relationship sexually, emotionally, physically, financially, spiritually, and however else you show Mm -hmm. up in your relationship, figure out how you can meet those needs. But know that things are different and you don't have that same time. You and your partner are going to have to talk about, okay, we're going back to work. And you tell them, listen, I'm having some anxiety about us leaving or working outside of the house again and not seeing each other. I really appreciate how much we've grown our relationship throughout the pandemic. And I'm worried that we're going to lose some of that. What are your suggestions? And also come to that conversation with your own suggestions on how you could do that. That might mean let's schedule a lunch date once a week, at least. Can we still incorporate at least once a week (laughs) working from home if that's an option, but finding more ways for you to stay connected throughout the day through text messaging, email, A lot of people stop doing this, but this really works. Snail mail. Going Mm -hmm. back to sending snail mail, right? Your partner won't expect it. Send them a letter either to their job or send it to the house telling them how much you miss them. Don't forget about dating because we still have to date. Even if you're married, even if you're committed and you've been together since a pickle was a nickel, (laughs) you still need to date your partner. (laughs) So basically, we got to still redefine and restructure our relationships with better or different expectations of what that looks like currently. Mm -hmm. So we mentioned earlier, you know, that so much energy kind of turned online, especially in the beginning of the pandemic. So we know that lots of people were using mediums like OnlyFans and, Mm -hmm. you know, other kinds of platforms to kind of really explore their sexuality. Can you Mm -hmm. talk a little bit about how we can do that? You know, so maybe somebody's interested, but don't know where to start, like how we can use different online mediums to kind of explore our sexuality. That's a great question. I love that one because... (laughs) In the current climate, what we're noticing is that people's interest in casual sex has decreased because Mm. of the COVID anxiety, because of health risks. But I think we see it picking up a little bit more right now with the vaccination and everything. Mm. So early 2021, we saw a decrease in people's interest for casual sex. However, you can still produce these sites and not have sex with people. 
This is a way to build up your sexual confidence, to build up your sexual self-esteem, because that is a thing as well. So if you're going on OnlyFans or if you want to make you um, a Finsta account that is a, it's a fake Instagram account that people who are close to you don't know, but you use it to maybe post yourself in swimsuits or to feel more sexually confident, to post more information about sex or to gather more information about sex. You can do that without interacting with people. You can follow other people without saying, hey, let's meet up for sex. You could go on OnlyFans and you can post your pictures or you can have videos of yourself, but you can also cut your head off. You know, that's one way that we tell people to do it when they want to get into it, but they don't want to be recognized right now is to record without your face in the camera Mm -hmm. until you feel comfortable enough to build up putting your face in the camera. Get your cell phone out, record yourself masturbating, watch that, pay attention to what you do. Think about things that you would like to share with other people about that. Upload that to your account if you are so brave enough to do so or keep that in your spank bank, you know, for later mm-hmm. when you want to go back to it. Take nudes, take pictures of yourself feeling sexy. All of those things helped you to build your sexual self-esteem and your sexual confidence. And you can use these sites to help you do that as well. Mm-hmm. You can connect with people who help you to feel more sexually confident without meeting up with them. Don't forget, we're still in a virtual, a semi-virtual world, and we can still have these types of interactions with people virtually. Mm-hmm. More from my conversation with Shamira after the break. Hey, ladies, it's Dr. Joy here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It's crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a backseat. That's where release the pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or our community, your health is invaluable. Let's help to get our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head over to iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. 
State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, online and in-store. Some of my favorites are the jewelry from Hey Maeve and the skincare products from Kaja. For the entire month of May, join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. You can show your support by donating online or by rounding up in store to benefit APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Join me by rounding up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support API scholars, an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. How many times have you arrived in Orlando and suddenly realized you forgot the kids? But then you remember you had no intention of bringing the kids. You are in Orlando to enjoy yourself. It's an amazing opportunity to have fun and experience all the fun Orlando has to offer. Sure, Orlando is known as the theme park capital of the world, but there's so much more to this destination. It's the place where adults can become kids again. And happy hour happens any hour with never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experiences, and outdoor adventures from zip lining to its beautiful natural springs. And, of course, fireworks every single night. Plus, you have loads of entertainment options, see unique neighborhoods, and can even visit their blossoming arts and culture. Orlando has everything for an amazing getaway with your loved ones or friends, including exciting thrill rides, lush, lazy rivers, and world-class golf and spas. Yes, there's more to see, do, and experience than you'd expect. In Orlando, anything is possible if you can imagine it. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. You may be aware that most people who are Black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct, positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. You know, I wonder if there are other platforms. I mean, we know OnlyFans exists. You can do some of that. But I see you and like other sex educators talking about like Instagram and how you all often get shadow banned. And, you know, because you got to be really careful yeah. with like spelling out stuff. Listen, and, yeah. you know, so <laughs> are there other platforms that you can use to maybe be able to connect with people in a way that's safe? So when we say safe, we have to really define what that means individually, you know, because online safety means so many different things to to different people. But safe in this manner where you won't get banned or blocked and deleted like many of us get shadow banned. I'm sure you see whenever I spell sex, I space mm-hmm. out the letters because Instagram definitely takes our accounts down when we mm-hmm. post about sexuality. But what I found very interesting 
And I hope this doesn't um, cause any issues. But what I found is Twitter is like, I don't know if anybody has seen the porn on Twitter. But usually when people ask me about like, hey, are there any social media sites that I can go see? It used to be Tumblr, but now it's Twitter. Mm -hmm. Like Twitter has the best point of view stuff and you can find a variety of sexually explicit things on Twitter and it, Mm. it will literally blow your mind. Like I have people who are kinky and queer and they want to see specific things and they'll put a specific hashtag on Twitter or they'll search for something and then they go down this rabbit hole Mm. of finding things that really resonate with them sexually. So Twitter is actually really good for that. Okay. If you're looking for a social media Mm -hmm. type of platform. So you mentioned that we have to be mindful of what we mean when we say safe. Yes. And I think when I'm thinking about safety, I'm thinking about, you know, like, okay, can somebody find your apartment based on like a picture that you share Mm -hmm. or, you know, like being careful of those kinds of things? Are there other things that you think people should keep in mind Mm -hmm. when they are wanting to maybe like do some of this stuff online? Yeah, that's a great point. Um, very particular about this. I don't, I used to didn't post pictures of my kids because of this. And whenever we do, we blot their school name mm-hmm. out and stuff like that. Even though people can find you, you know, if they really wanted to find you, people can do that. But for a lot of people, emotional security and safety is very important to them. So making sure that you are connected to those sites and those pages that make you feel good about yourself and don't make you feel really like crappy about yourself. Some people view safety as something that's very affirming to their sexual identity and behavior and orientation. So make sure that those accounts that you follow are in alignment to who you are as a person, because for a lot of people that feels safe to them. And if you are a person who knows that this isn't your cup of tea, also knowing that it's safe for you as well. It's making sure that you know what's safe for you and what's not. And some people don't recognize that until they're actually in the throes of it. And then they get a reaction to it. And they're like, okay, I was activated by this. And I realized that it might not be a good idea for me to go here. So it's just protecting yourself at various costs on the internet. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. for me, I don't click on trauma porn on the internet. Like I don't like the videos of people being killed and murdered Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. us. and beat. So I don't, that's, I don't click on that stuff. I make sure I keep that my space as safe as I can. And mm-hmm. I appreciate people who use trigger warnings. So p- be mindful of trigger warnings or specifically content warnings. Some people use content warnings to let you know that the information might be sensitive. Mm-hmm. Don't be that person who sees the content warning and click on it and then mm-hmm. become activated by it. It's important to pay attention. Yes. So something else that has happened, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, maybe have tried like online dating sites, Mm -hmm. maybe for the first time during the pandemic. And now, like you mentioned, you know, when people are vaccinated, maybe they are preparing to like meet people in person for the first time. Do you have any tips for people who might be preparing to meet somebody they've talked to only online, but are now wanting to, you know, translate that into in real life? Yes, absolutely. So a lot of people are burned out from online dating Mm. because they did a lot of virtual dates. (laughs) Mm. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, you know what? I'm vaccinated or I'm I'm ready to get out. And 
a lot of people are using that to their advantage because they're like, I'm ready to get out and I'm ready to explore. One concern is that you actually see the person before you see the person, right? So make sure you're setting up a video date before you actually see them Mm -hmm. in person to know that this is the person you've been speaking with all of this time throughout this pandemic. Because some people are still going on dates with people that they've not seen on camera. And this is in the year of 20 (laughs) and 21. We should not be amount of should on you, but it's Mm -hmm. not in good taste to meet a person who you've never even seen through a video call before. Like that is a potential red flag. So at least have a video call two or three or 36 with them before you meet them in person. That also gives you a chance to see if you feel like you vibe with them. Like you see them, do you feel like you vibe with them? You know, are they holding your attention? Are you holding their attention? So it gives you the opportunity to know if you actually want to meet them in person or not. So and ask what their goals are. Make sure you have your boundaries for meeting people in person. Know what your boundaries are. So boundaries are basically how you are going to interact with this person. Now, it's not about the rules, but it's basically the limits you set on yourself for your interaction with the person. So how far are you willing to go or not willing to go? So are you okay with hugging? Are you okay with holding hands? Do you want to wear a mask? Do you need them to wear a mask? What are your boundaries for in-person meeting? If you are going to have sex, what are your sexual boundaries? Some people are wearing masks during sex. I did a poll on Instagram recently asking people if they've worn a mask during sex. And most people have said that they have. And that was very interesting to me that a lot of people are having sex with masks on. So do they need to wear a mask? Do you need them to be tested? How soon do you want to have a COVID test and show it to this potential partner? So you need to make sure you have boundaries to ensure you feel secure and you feel safe and motivated to actually go back out there into the world and date people. Hmm. Yeah, those are great tips. I mean, I'm very interested to hear about your, you know, informal poll kind of that yes. you did on Instagram, right? Because I, I think that that's something, you know, like we have all just had to figure out mm-hmm. what life looks like now, right? And so, you know, for people who did not have a partner in the home or, you know, wanted to explore outside, you know, you have to think about like, okay, this Absolutely. might not be my first choice, but, you know, if I feel like I need to have this need met, what kinds of things can I do to keep myself and this other person safe? Absolutely. And emotionally safe. So my husband and I, like I said, we had COVID. And so we were, everybody was in the house wearing masks. And he was like, we can have sex with a mask on. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, yeah, we can still do it. We don't have to face each other and we can Mm -hmm. still wear our mask. Right. Right. Because, you know, they're going to always figure out a way to do it. (laughs) So I was like, "Uh," you know, I had thought about that. And I kind of think that, you know, early COVID, we were uh, toying with the idea of wearing a mask during sex. But clients also had come up into sessions and they somebody told me that, you know, they were thinking about wearing a mask during Mm -hmm. sex. And we talked about what that meant for them and what the potential partner thought about that. Is it helpful or is it not? And for the most part, I think what it helps people with is feeling mentally safe. Mm-hmm. It reduces a lot of the COVID anxiety that people have. That brings me to another point when people get COVID, what that's like for their sexual experiences mm-hmm. after getting COVID. And so personally, I'll just tell you a little personal thing about me. Mm-hmm. But personally, like I said, thankfully, we've recovered 
from COVID. And I can tell you that I had to use my mouth. I had to use my own product on myself because I had to tell Jason, who was my husband, I was like, listen, I'm having some anxiety about this. You know, I told him what was happening with me and what I needed from him in the moment. And he was like, Mm -hmm. okay, fine. You, you having some anxiety about sex right now. You might change your mind tonight. So cool. (laughs) No, he didn't say tonight, (laughs) (laughs) but he was just basically saying, we'll go at it when you feel more comfortable. And so one of the reasons why it was really hard for me is because I had watched him in a very, very sick state. He had gotten pneumonia and was having issues with breathing. And I too, I also had issues with breathing. So if I lied on my back, it felt like somebody was sitting on my chest and I'm like, you know, I don't think I'm gonna be able to lay on my back and I don't think I'm gonna be able to do this because I don't want to get out of breath. And so I know that that's been a lot of people's experience with COVID. And I'm so interested to see like more research that comes out about sexual behaviors after having COVID and what Mm -hmm. that looks like. But based on my own personal experience and what I'm seeing in the office with people who have recovered and are recovering is for the most part, a lot of people are a bit apprehensive for several weeks after recovering from COVID. They're a bit apprehensive. And if this is you, if you are apprehensive about it, it's okay. Mm -hmm. For a lot of people, having COVID is very scary. And some people feel traumatized by that experience because for a lot of people, it was a near death experience. Some people have lost people as a result. So it's quite natural for you to have that apprehension about going back into it. And for a lot of people, even a month later, you still don't feel 100%. You still have issues with breathing. You still have issues with sleep. And so, you know, our bodies need sleep in order to feel sexually sound. Our bodies need to be fed well. Our bodies need to feel well. So I just want to normalize if there's anyone else who had that experience. I want to normalize that for you that it's it's okay. Mm-hmm. And it probably will last for a while until you feel comfortable. There are other ways to enjoy sexual intimacy without having genital to genital sex. You know, I talk about that in the Use Your Mouth book. There are other ways to enjoy sex and you can definitely still feel pleasure, sexual pleasure and physical intimacy without having sex. Mm-hmm. More from my conversation with Shamira after the break. Hey, ladies, it's Dr. Joy here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It's crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a back seat. That's where release the pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or our community, your health is invaluable. Let's help to get our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head over to iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us. 
and let's take care of our hearts together. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Forum understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, online and in-store. Some of my favorites are the jewelry from Hey Maeve and the skincare products from Kaja. For the entire month of May, join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. You can show your support by donating online or by rounding up in store to benefit APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Join me by rounding up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support API Scholars, an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. How many times have you arrived in Orlando and suddenly realized you forgot the kids? But then you remember, you had no intention of bringing the kids. You are in Orlando to enjoy yourself. It's an amazing opportunity to have fun and experience all the fun Orlando has to offer. Sure, Orlando is known as the theme park capital of the world, but there's so much more to this destination. It's the place where adults can become kids again, and happy hour happens any hour with never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experiences, and outdoor adventures from zip lining to its beautiful natural springs. And, of course, fireworks every single night. Plus, you have loads of entertainment options, see unique neighborhoods, and can even visit their blossoming arts and culture. Orlando has everything for an amazing getaway with your loved ones or friends, including exciting thrill rides, lush, lazy rivers, and world-class golf and spas. Yes, there's more to see, do, and experience than you'd expect. In Orlando, anything is possible if you can imagine it. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. You may be aware that most people who are Black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct, positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. 
Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. You know, Shamara, listening to you talk about all of this really makes me think about, you know, just how much we have been through in the past Mm -hmm. 18 months. And we know that one of the hallmark symptoms of a depressive disorder is sometimes like the loss of libido, right? Or you decreased interest in sex. So I wonder if you can talk a little bit for people about how they might know whether this is just like a temporary, like, okay, this might bounce back or Mm -hmm. whether they may need to talk with someone about like their loss of interest in sex. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is something that we are still figuring out. But what we do know, like sexual desire is something that wanes. Like we sometimes we're we have sexual desire and sometimes we don't. But we do know that it's something that has to be nurtured over time. It's something that this week I might have sexual desire and I might feel like I want to have sex every day this week. And then next week, don't touch me. You know, it's like, I'm just not there. And it's because of issues with life. It's because of all types of things that are going on, body things that's happening with us that we don't recognize that's happening. What we do know is that whenever we are experiencing those differences in sexual desire, and if we're able to, with attention and with sexual communication with our partner, if we're still able to feel sexually connected with them, in time, we know that this is a natural sexual desire waning. However, if you are a person and you're recognizing that it's been at least six months and I still don't feel any sexual desire, if you noticing that this isn't the norm for you as it relates to how your sexual desire fluctuates, then you know that it's time to speak to someone. It's time to contact your therapist or sex therapist and it's time to see how to get back on a track that you feel comfortable with. Because what we know is, like you said, with the depression and also death anxiety that COVID has caused for a lot of people, if you think you're about to die, if you think that getting close to people is going to kill you, that's going to tank your sexual desire. Hmm. Because what makes your partner different from the other people? And a lot of people are experiencing that. And they did experience that. It's like, I'm kind of afraid to even have sex with my partner because he works outside the house or they work outside of the house and I don't know who they're coming in contact with. And so we have to talk about what will make you feel comfortable about them working outside of the house and you still being able to feel close and connected with them. So it's basically paying attention and knowing your body and having that sexual communication, talking to your partner. But if you recognizing that it's been several months since you felt like your usual self, then it's definitely time to speak to someone. Mm -hmm. You know, Shamara, something else that has come up a few times in community conversations is this idea of people feeling less confident or secure in their bodies because of weight, you know, maybe they've gained during the pandemic. I'm wondering if you can share some thoughts about how to increase your sexual confidence after body changes. Listen, I don't know one person who didn't gain weight (laughs) while we were in lockdown. I gained weight. I lost, I lost it back. Well, I lost 11 pounds with COVID, but I gained weight. Like people who even generally have issues with gaining weight, they were like, yes, I gained some weight. Mm -hmm. Thank you, COVID. But there are some people who, thank you, COVID lockdown, not COVID. But there (laughs) are some people who did gain weight and now they feel even less sexually confident than they did before they gained this weight. And this is increasing. Like you mentioned earlier, Dr. Joy, all that we've gone through in this 18 months, 
and we're still moving, right? So our bodies have carried us through that. Some of us, our bodies have carried us through even being infected with COVID or nurturing other people who've been infected. Some of us are professional people who work outside of the house and who have been essential workers and who mm-hmm. worked in hospitals and outside of the house this entire time and your body has carried you through all of that. So your body is doing the thing that bodies do, right? So it's how do you redefine how you see yourself and where does your idea of sexual confidence come from? So if you did not have an idea of what it meant to be sexually confident, how would you know that you were or you weren't sexually confident? When you think of sexual confidence, what pops up? What people do you see? I asked a client this before who is not a therapy client who they saw as sexually confident. This was from a speaking engagement I had. And I asked this client this and they said, Rihanna is someone who they see as sexually confident. And then my person was Tess Holiday. I saw that person as sexually confident. And the problem with that is we see these people as sexually confident, but we don't know if they see themselves that way. Mm-hmm. We only see a glimpse of what they decide to share with us. So in the ways, what about them can we nurture within ourselves? When you look at these people who you deem to be sexually confident, what is it about them? And where are you getting the messages from that you have to be a certain size in order to be sexually attractive? And if that's from inside of your house, then we have a problem. <laughs> So we need to reevaluate and ask ourselves those questions, right? And figure out what does it mean for us to be sexually confident? Does that mean wearing a shirt when you have sex? And I know people are like, take the shirt off. But, you know, my thing is, if you feel comfortable and you are connected to more pleasure when you wear your shirt and your partner is okay with that, wear your shirt until you feel better about taking it off. Because we can get there. We can get to there. If you feel like you are ready to, if you want to take off your shirt and you want to still have on a bra, wear your bra. So do it and continue to make smaller steps until you feel better about yourself sexually. But you have to change the messaging that you're telling yourself about what it means to be sexually confident. I'm wondering, are there things that you will be thinking about in terms of like our sex lives and like relationship lives on the other side of the pandemic whenever we get there? Like what kinds of things are you interested in learning about like how sex and relationships have kind of thrived or not on the other side? So when I think of on the other side, I call it in an evolving COVID society. So (laughs) I'm interested in knowing how our sexual behaviors change in an evolving COVID society. So even with flirting, So I did an interesting article with a media company about flirting during the pandemic. And I want to know how people's flirting habits have changed while they had on a mask. And then when people were able to remove their masks, what changed in people as it related to flirting, right? Did their behaviors change? For one thing, what I recognize in asking some people these questions is with the mask on, People were very interested in looking in each other's faces and specifically in each other's eyes, because Mm -hmm. basically if you wore your mask correctly over your nose, (laughs) then we basically only saw each other's eyes. So people became more interested in looking in each other's eyes. And then 
the self reports from people I interview personally is that they checked out each other's bodies more while being masked, even if they were up close and personal. And that didn't change with taking the mask off. What did not change was there was still this very, this interest to look in people's faces. Now, wow, we're taking our mask off. Now I can see what you look like without your mask on. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there was a strong desire and interest to see what people look like without a mask on. So those are some of the things that I'm interested in. I'm interested in what dating continues to look like and how that continues to evolve with this. I'm interested in knowing how the vaccine improves people's sexual quality of life. So I know a lot of people, when they were able to get vaccinated, they went out and they did that because they thought that they were going to be able to go out and wild out again. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what they thought. But those are like those things that come up to the forefront of my mm -hmm. interests. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, we will definitely be staying in touch <laughs> to kind of see like what kinds of things, you know, because I'm also just fascinated just on so many levels about like how we will change and how we will collectively grieve and oh. all of those things, right? Like it just feels like there's been so many things have uh, been uprooted during the yes, pandemic. So and so there's just going to be so much different like on the other side or I, I like your idea of an evolution, right? Because yes, it doesn't sound society. like, you know, COVID is going anywhere, but no. hopefully we won't always be in a pandemic pandemic state, right? It there becomes a thing that, like that we figure out how to live with, right? Kind of like the flu. So yep. Yeah. Hopefully, I can't wait till we get there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we I get to a space to. where we feel a little bit better than where we are now mm -hmm. or a lot better mm -hmm. than where we are now. Yeah. Yeah. So Shamari, you've already made reference several times to the Use Your Mouth cards and book. Yeah. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about those and where we can find you as well as any social media handles you'd like to share. Absolutely. So if you've ever been a person who thought that you needed to know more about yourself or your partner sexually and you want to improve your sex then you got to get the use your mouth sex and relationship conversation starter cards. And this is for anybody. You don't have to be in a relationship or not. So basically it's a fun, non-judging way to improve your sexual relationship. And then there is the book that came out after the cards because a lot of people want to know what intimacy is in and out of the bedroom because a lot of us think that intimacy is just sex. So I discuss seven different types of intimacy, right? In the use your mouth book, it's pocket-sized conversations to simply improve seven types of intimacy in and out of the bedroom. And so I talk about seven ways or seven types of intimacy that you might have, or you might be missing in your relationship with your partner that you want to build on. And everything begins with a conversation. Sex begins with a conversation. So you can get both of those on my site on thegreencouch.com, or you could go to Amazon to get the book as well. And you can reach me on thegreencouch.com. And all of my socials are sexologist Shamara. So I'm sexologist Shamara on Instagram. And I talk back to people and YouTube and Facebook. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us again. It's always a pleasure to have you chatting with us. Yes, I love chatting with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad Shamara was able to share her expertise with us today. To learn more about her or to grab your pack of the Use Your Mouth cards, visit the show notes at therapyforblackgirls.com slash session 226. And don't forget to text two of your girls and tell them to check out the episode as well. If you're looking for a therapist in your area, 
be sure to check out our therapist directory at therapyforblackgirls.com slash directory. And if you want to continue digging into this topic or just be in community with other sisters, come on over and join us in the Sister Circle. It's our cozy corner of the internet designed just for Black women. You can join us at community.therapyforblackgirls.com. Thank y'all so much for joining me again this week. I look forward to continuing this conversation with you all real soon. Take good care. Hey, ladies, it's Dr. Joy. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional-grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girlbomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.